0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm, RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand.
0: Okay, and is this like a, a, in a town, or is it like super remote, where you're like having to wear a bear spray every time you walk out on your porch? Like, what? What's the? <laughs> well, we do,
1: my sons are learning bear spray. Not only to protect us from bears, but you know it's calving season right now for moose, um, uh-huh. and the cows a cow just attacked my good friend down the road uh, the other day. Literally, he's a bigger man than me, and knocked him right down and stepped on him twice. So, you got to have that out because moose kill more people than bears, believe it or not, in Alaska. Um,
0: I believe that, that yeah, that, that sounds right. Yep, that sounds right. Interesting, you mentioned that. I was just doing some camping up in Wyoming, right over the Colorado border. Uh, mm. and uh, I was, I had come back to my spot after doing a little ATV trail riding, and I was sitting in my chair just having a beer just kind of relaxing for a minute. And I was behind me, kind of behind these trees. Yeah. Big moose comes walking around the corner he didn't smell me because I was downwind and he comes around the corner and he's probably a hundred yards from me, maybe less, uh, maybe 70 yards or so. And, uh, yeah, less than that he was like 50 yards away. Anyway, uh, he, he, he stops, you know, he, you can tell he's like, Oh, he sees me. And, uh, so i was thinking the same thing i'm like people get charged by these things all the time and i just sat there i didn't move and he just slowly drifted off so (laughs) well to
1: answer your question we're we're if you look at the map Denali national park has only one entrance we're 13 basically 13 miles south of there and a little enclave of a couple houses called carlo creek okay um, it's where the road is the closest in that area that's, that's where the road is closest to the mountains because it's right at the top of the okay. Alaskan range, so okay. I've been waiting, or my wife and I, I've been waiting for over twenty some years to get land in this area, uh, and uh, we finally got uh, first refusal rights on the original homestead of that area. Uh, cool. Jumped at it and it was a great experience. I'm
0: grateful for it, and uh,
1: we was it is it like home. an acre?
0: Is it like an acre, two acres, five What? What? How much is it? Five acres. Five acres. Nice. Okay. Very good. Awesome, man. I know I know you like Alaska. I know you like the outdoors. I know you're huge on that stuff. So that's a, that's a big win for you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're okay with the winters up there. Your wife's okay with the winters.
1: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to stay up there this winter. Uh, we'll probably do a quick trip to Nicaragua or Ecuador for, you know, month, month and a half. And because part of my business model is, is that, Um, I'll just do virtual coaching and then then go to the lower 48 or or to Alaska to do face-to-face coaching with clients or possibly bring them down to me because I'm now doing a global adventure coaching practice where I take my clients um, not only in Alaska I've taken many many clients in Alaska but now I've taken my clients where I like to go and I have a lot of contacts for the logistics right Mm -hmm. so um, so I'll take them to cigar factories in Nicaragua, Ecuador to the trek, the condor high in the Andes mountains or even Peru down in Satipo de the Frontera go you know, way, way in the deep of the Amazoa for that part of the world, for example. But other places like you know Scotland for you know, scotch and castles in the, in the uh, locks, if you will. And then Mongolia, Kazakhstan for the golden eagle hunters, Petra or Wadi Rum in Jordan. So I'll be, and that's what I'm offering now finally stepping into all things Mike Green Leadership.
0: Okay, so let's get into that a little bit. By the way, we're already recording. We're already we're already live, so we'll just keep rolling. We'll just keep rolling with it. Exactly. Uh, um, but before we get into Mike Green Leadership, though, before we get into your business, your practice, uh, let's go back for a minute um, and just a little bit about you growing up. Why don't you give the listeners a little history you know family early life uh maybe a little bit of early career you know before you got into the coaching give a little history uh for everybody go for it
1: i appreciate it so i grew up in uh, western new york at a place called the hornell new york my father was a fourth generation railroader um, we grew up in a very small house up on a hill and um we green we the greens were always known for hard work and we were you know we come from a town where your word is your iron. And if you say you're gonna do something, you do it and you do it to your best. And my father taught me how to hunt and my father not only took me, but my friends out and taught us how to hunt and did you know, outdoor activities all the time. And uh, from that, I got a love of the outdoors. Okay. And then later on in life, I, um I found a book called uh, Rahal. Rahal is, is Arabic for to travel or travel journal or travel journey. And okay. it's by Abin Batuta. And I read that when I was 15 doing a book report. So now I just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> I did a book report about traveling. And I learned in the first couple pages of that book about reading about Abin Batuta, that if you give up yourself, you can travel the world. Because this man ultimately traveled 70,000 miles in the 1400s all around um, um, Islamic countries, et cetera. Okay. So I learned that right there. And then I knew that something changed within me, but I didn't know what yet or when. So and ultimately, right. fast forward. I, I was a kid in high school. My family, my father was a railroader. You know, we didn't make much money, but we were able to get financial aid to send me to an Outward Bound course in the Ely, Minnesota for Voyager Outward Bound. So Outward Bound is a experiential education program to take you outdoors to learn about yourself and put you in particular to show yourself that you can do so much more than you ever thought. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was my senior year in high school no, nobody understood why i would want to do it my senior year in high school i was wrestling pretty well i was doing really well with tournaments and stuff uh-huh. slick to possibly win my weight class in two of the tournaments that i was in uh-huh. and um, so i went to my parents applied for financial aid and i got accepted to do a two-week dog sledding course in Ely, Minnesota, two weeks with dogs sledding, cross-country skiing, in the winter, dead of winter, after Christmas through <laughs> the New Year. And that was the best thing I've, I've ever done in my life. From, you know, And I learned wow. about self-sufficiency, craftsmanship, self-reliance, and things like that. And then I knew, and that was the first time I ever heard in my entire life, that people can actually work, that people actually do work outside of a nine to five job. I've never <laughs> worked to five. And I asked my instructor, I go, so you work seasonally? What is this you speak of?" <laughs> yeah, they, work, um, they work. all winter and they play all spring. I go, "That's what I want to do." <laughs> ultimately, after that, I got my teaching. I got my um, criminal justice degree to fall back on. And then ultimately, I started um, doing Outward Bound as a, an instructor with adjudicated youth. Okay, mainly in Florida. So I started Washington state and eventually went over to Florida. And then the Russian government heard about, you know, experiential education and they wanted to start a program to stem the flow of uh, adjudicated youth from adjudicated juvenile crime into mafia crime. Huh? And, uh, Cause they were either jumping, either they get into the mafia crime or they just get killed because they, you know, they stepped on too many toes. I mean, that's legitimately true. And, um, so ultimately I got hired to start an experiential education program as well as teach spoken American English in the oblast of Russia. So Russia itself has okay. its own state, which we would call they call an oblast, we call a state. So I taught spoken American English there for a while. Then I started an experiential education program, helped them through that, spent six months there. And then I ultimately just jumped around Europe and different out of bound schools and supported them. And that's where I started learning about self really getting into the traveling and really seeing that you can live a live a life out of this. And part of our Bound or part of the experiential education is help people coach people through stepping into the unknown, mm-hmm. into that into that um, point where they're uncomfortable. And that's where my coaching really started, and the juvenile years, if you will, of my coaching practice.
0: So you knew early on, you're like, okay, I, I love to travel. I love the outdoors. I love co- I love coaching and training and helping people. And you tied all that together into making yourself a nice career doing it. Right. And, and it, it basically you, you were able to follow your passions, uh, mm-hmm. passions and make money and travel. Congratulations. Not a lot of people accomplish that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. At the time I didn't know that I didn't, you said it so very well. I'm hoping I, I got to you said it so well because at the time, you know, I'd be hitchhiking through the highlands of Scotland to become a lumberjack, and I'd be looking <laughs> at these sheep, and these sheep would be looking at me. They go, eh, and I'm thinking, "What the <laughs> fuck am I doing out here? running trying to hitchhike up to Fort William to start a job as a lumberjack." And guess what? They don't call themselves lumberjacks. You know? so, I wrote about that in my book too. So, but it's a pretty,
0: pretty interesting story. So. How many yeah, countries, how many countries have you been to? 63. 63 countries. Wow. Okay. What's your favorite spot, by the way, if you had to pick one, I know that's hard to do, but I mean, I guess Alaska is number one, obviously Alaska, United States is number one, but I guess what's behind that.
1: Well, I've been to every continent. So that's another important thing. Okay. So I would say it's a toss up between Western Mongolia, right. And the, okay. Mountains and the land of the snow leopards and the, of golden eagle hunters okay um, or i mean you can't beat new zealand because it's got everything south island new zealand is pretty spectacular um but mongolia has my heart because it's so open so vast and the silence okay. is so the silence is so strong that you can
0: lean against it
1: almost right
0: yeah you know, so uh, very very good what's the what's the uh, scariest situation you've been in regarding a hunt or a hike or outdoors with what with, with like an animal you know either you know just like a, a you know a scary situation where there's a bear or there's a moose or there's whatever like it putting you in danger you want to share anything
1: sure oh i got lost as well i was a big game hunting guide in alaska for oh geez um 10 years working for an outfit and then i guided a bunch of my friends on doll sheep hunts so wow, I gotta okay. tell you that before I say this. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I was a horseback out. I worked for a horseback outfitter as a big game hunting guide for doll sheep, moose, caribou, wolves, bear, and uh, wolverine every here and there. So I've done a lot. Um, I'm a pro. I wouldn't say that I'm a professional guide because they go all the way around the world, but I'm a proficient professional guide. Gotcha. Um, so. I'll do my best to make this quick, but uh, I had a client, and his first name was Al, and um, Al and I um, were hunting bear over a gut pile of a moose, and someone killed a moose a couple days ahead, and you let the moose um, gut pile sit, and you wait, and you get into an area where you know the wind's going to preferably go from, you know which way the wind's going to go, and you set black, up. Black bear, and, black bear, grizzly bear. in. Interior bears are called grizzly bears in Alaska. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, sorry, go the, ahead. Brown
1: bears are coastal bears, and we can get into a whole conversation about that. But brown bears eat, are larger because they eat a higher protein. Yeah, right? They eat a lot of protein. Interior bears are considered berry bears, and they eat berries and they eat, you know, squirrels and dead things, or they kill a calf here and there. So Al and I, Al's an older man. He's lived all his life. He's he's an uh, electrician. Uh, an electrical engineer has a huge company, and uh, he's a character. He's an older man, and much like a lot of older men at this age, they're deaf in their are shooting ear, they're deaf ah. in their shooting ear, and the, and he happened to be blind in his other eye. He was deaf in one ear, blind in one eye, because <laughs> he jumped into a into a pond, got his eye poked, it got infected, and eventually went blind in that eye. Interesting. So bear hunting is very boring and until the, the kill time. Really. Okay. Very boring because you just sit and wait, yep. and wait, and then wait some more,
0: and you don't <laughs> move.
1: Anyway, so this bear, so we're watching, we're sitting over this um, um, bear, uh, or this moose gut pile, and we come back the next day, and the, the bear a bear has cached, right? He has completely cached the, the gut pile, and it looks like a small excavator has just made a huge pile of stuff you know he's around or she's around okay we're sitting there waiting waiting and a bear if they're unmolested will come back on their gut pile and eat pretty much the same time every day usually usually in the morning or at night or dusk depending on the temperature and um and you listen for the birds to tell you when he's coming because because they're eating off of everything the birds show up they tell you what's going on they're the silence all of a sudden i hear this beer this uh, this bunch of noise stop and they start getting out loud. And all of a sudden, I see the bear go up on this um, on the gut pile, and the gut pile has the the hide sticking out, and he's silhouetted against it. And Al is just looking around like this, and I'm like, "Al," and he's a little ways away from me because I wanted to be able to see me up to this valley. It's like, "Al." <laughs> 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 Al! And he's just, like this, so I start throwing rocks at Al, and he's blind in his eyes, so he can't see me. And I'm throwing rocks at him, and he doesn't see it. Eventually, I mean, he sees me. I'm pointing, like, you know he's like, what? You know, and he, he swears this is not a swear story. So he looks down, he doesn't even see the bear. The bear eventually just lumbers off. The next day, the bear comes back, and then now Al and I are right next to each other. And I tell Al, okay, Al, any bear hunter I ever deal with, I always physically hit them in the shoulder and say listen you're taking out the shoulder you're taking out the shoulder because bears if you shoot behind the shoulder they got so much fat it's about this thick of fat you're not gonna if the bullet goes in it does damage great it does damage but you're not going to get a blood trail and that's very very dangerous i see so you always hit them in the shoulder because then you knock them around and they get mad and they become a brown orb of fury they just keep turning so you just keep shooting into the brown of fury till it stops okay so the bird goes off it's about 100 i range is about 100 yards off and is moving around a little bit and um it's not a, it's not a, it's a sow. i can tell it's a sow because it's got a big old butt right okay. but and um there's no cubs around so i say okay i want you turn sideways take her, and i'll just keep shooting you do the same so we do that we let the bear sit the bear runs off a little ways let everything sit for a while wait till the birds start chirping again then we go to that kill site and we see that I got a piece of uh, um, bone fragments and all, and we got a blood trail. Okay. So um, you and I, we got to go in there like snipers, all right? So this is how it's going to work. You're going to be right on my side. You're going to have your around in the chamber. Your rifle is going to be up. You're going to have your safety on. And I'm going to go in, I'm going to be in front of you. So this is how it's going to go side by side, basically. Let's go. So he's okay, Mike, he's an older guy, and I'm all psyched up, and I'm going, and I'm tracking, tracking, tracking. And all of a sudden, the bear, the blood trail goes around itself. All of a sudden, it goes across from left to right. And I look at Al, I go, now the bear's looking for us. Now, for us. <laughs> I mean, I was like, now we really got to see. Well, bears, when they're wounded, they um, go to the thickest, wettest, nastiest stuff. And so, sure, shit, this boat bear did that, the sow did. And so we're going through, going through. And then the bear re- goes back on itself again. I go, Al. This is real serious now. So this is what I need from you. You need to be literally in my back pocket. Be ready. If the bear comes at us, I'm going to step to right to you, and we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder and we're going to shoot. Okay. So whatever happens, we're going to face the bear shoulder to shoulder. And let's practice. and We're practicing this. We're literally okay.
0: Practicing.
1: Okay. And he's like, okay, all right. And I've got my round in the chamber, and we're going. And, and of course, everything's safe. Gun, his gun's up, mine's down, point right way. And we're going, we're going. And then all of a sudden, I see this little bit of water moving. And there I see the bear's head coming out of the water, just like this. Everything. Is I go, Al, there's your bear. There's your bear. And it's like, whoa, where's the bear? Where's the bear? I've never physically touched the client until this day. finally grab Al by the head knock his head off his head. He go, Al, the bear, why are you barking that? And then <laughs> the bear comes out of the water. It's like, here's it about... Um, she was about 20 30 yards away but we knew we had a bunch of fragments out of her leg and her shoulder and she comes out and we're just like in a movie man and took it out but unfortunately the bear falls back into this huge hole of which I have to go under the water get my shoulder up and
0: push her out because anyway wow knows. wow
1: that's a good story for
0: wow that's a good yeah no that's that's a that's a good one but yeah it's super heavy to get her out of the water right had to be oh man Carry her, yeah, carry her hide after it's all wet too. Cause
1: you take the whole hide and the trophy head, right? Or the trophy is the hide and the head, right? Because you right. never shoot a bear in the head. Cause you want to they want to measure it. How big is the skull, right? Because uh as you throw, and your head's fragments get separate farther and farther apart. That's why when you gauge a bear, you're always if the bear's ears are far, far away from one another, it's an older bear. And the less you can see, if you can see a bear like this, that's a young bear from far away, right? And as they get older, they start their... their ah, later.
0: ah, I see. Are you going to do some more guiding and stuff now that you're moving back to Alaska? You think you'll do that some more on the side? Yeah, I have a hunt for
1: myself of a moose in September with a couple clients. Uh, okay. One of my past clients is now taking me on a hunt down in, uh, in the land of giants. So I'll get my first... Knock on wood, I'll get my moose for myself. And then I'll start. Um, I'll I can't guide doll sheep or or bear because I'm not an outfitter, but I'll work for an outfitter possibly. But I'll take people moose hunting, caribou,
0: you know. me, can I add and I will get off we'll get off to hunting because I I know we could talk for hours on that, but on the moose, can I ask a question? Um, you know, I talked to a guy that is a lifelong hunter. Uh just you know, that's all he's done his whole life. I mean, he goes in the wilderness. And he, he said, you know, I have never gotten a moose. And I'm thinking to myself, how? Like, you've been hunting your whole life. And when I go to the mountains myself in Colorado and Wyoming, I see moose all the time. And so I'm I, when guys tell me, oh, I've never gotten a moose, I, I my reaction is, well, how's that possible? I see them everywhere when I go up there. What is it, during hunting season? Do they hide? Or what What, what makes it so difficult? Well, they, well, first, they probably have to draw a tag,
1: right? They have to get a tag. And there's a lottery, a very competitive lottery for it. And then also they have uh, regulations on the size of the antlers, right? Or okay. Okay. it might be any moose. It could be a, a, a spike moose or it could be a full grown moose. And the meat, the moose in the lower 48 are much, much smaller than the ones in Alaska.
0: Oh, so, they are. Yeah,
1: so there's all these different rules for it. So if you even broad tag, it's a big deal, but then but uh, moose are huge. They're a lot of fun. When oh, my no clients finally it. walk up to them, they always say the first the first word it is the F word. They always say the F word when they see it. Oh, <laughs> this is huge. But yeah, I'm the one who got to cut it up because I know you're, you're going to be drinking my
0: scotch and smoking my cigars. As I'm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the size of the, the moose. People just don't understand. Unless you've been next to one, you really just don't have any idea how massive they truly are. I've... I, one came out of the, way, I was riding my ATV on a forest road in Colorado and one came out of the trees, didn't see me until he kind of got up next to, the, to my ATV and then he turned sideways, you know, and I'm, I'm like looking, I'm like, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, they they, they are massive animals.
1: <laughs>
0: right, it, takes, it takes me or back in my
1: younger days, eight trips to pack out a moose. Wow. Wow. But that's one thing about that I do well is I have... I used, to, I used to guide in the wilderness of leave no trace. And also I've done the other side of leave a gut pile, right? So okay. Okay. both ends of the spectrum and basically pretty much the same. You're still allowing people, supporting people to create that environment where they can achieve and succeed in their dream or their goal or push themselves way farther than they ever thought they could or needed to in order to reach that goal. So it's pretty much the same. One pulls the trigger, the other one doesn't. And I can tell you, because it's easier on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talk to us about, you know, your business um, as a leadership coach now. So you're you're moving from now working for a specific company and doing coaching for them, and you're gonna go back into full-time uh, coaching on your own for your own business is that is that correct is that is that the move you're making okay yeah so
1: before I came over to the Middle East to work in a large oil and gas company I had my own coaching business and I was uh, very successful but I was never home and with two young ones at home um, I was very you know I had one day I had a I just kind of I didn't I had this moment of being full of anxiety when I should be happy coming home from being 19 days away from my family. Because I had Mm -hmm. oil and gas clients, cybersecurity, aerospace, engineering firms, dude, ranches, you name it, you know, um, cannabis, CBD, you name it, I had all kinds of clients, I was never Mm -hmm. home. The Mm -hmm. day I came home after 19 days, I looked at my brand new truck that was paid for, I looked at my wife's car that was almost paid for, looked at my beautiful house in Boulder, and I thought to myself, I got this anxiety. And I asked myself the same coaching question I asked my clients. What is this stress or this anxiety trying to teach you or ask you? And it came to me just like that. What are you providing? And I said out loud in my driveway, nothing, nothing. So that was coming to my truth as a father, that yes, they have all these, they have two safe vehicles, they have a nice neighborhood, they have a nice home, they have a nice neighbors, awesome neighbors, awesome place. But as a father, I'm not providing. So I had a conversation with my wife, I was like, where can I go? in the world where we can raise our kids with quality and quantity of time and still make a difference. And um, the, we started looking in this um, this company is known for that. And so we moved everyone, sold our house in Boulder, rented their house in Boulder, moved over here. And now I'm going back to the United States in my coaching company after having a successful engagement here, of coaching and facilitating leadership courses and coaching the folks and um, executive presentations and all those. Now I'm going back to the States and um, rebranding and also just going to publish a book here in the very near future. What's the book
0: title? What's the book title?
1: The book title is called The Seven Global Truths of Leadership and uh, How I Discovered a Leadership Truth on Every Continent. So basically it talks about what are our truths as leaders right so often i believe that will i believe that leaders are made in the wild and that wild can be in the corporate office sometimes right it can be in the wild of the corporate office it can be in the wild of a new prospect or a new project that you don't know the what you don't know and you're stepping from the known into the unknown that's pretty much the frontier right and i coach people through that so that they can be Find their own truths because once you know your truth and you and you um work through is this truth supporting is this experience supporting my truth or is it su- or helping me learn more then that's a whole different subject it's a whole different paradigm shift where you're just like i did with myself you're learning of yourself as you go through as opposed to being scared of it not knowing of it you are saying, okay well, what's this have to offer me where can i mm. learn from Mm-hmm. But I think that's what a coach does. A coach really supports people, meets them where they are, helps them, in my words, these are mine, um, help them find their truths. What are their leadership truths? And in my book, I talk about how I got to each continent, and what, um, what experience was I doing, and what truth did I learn? And I, I believe mm-hmm. it's pretty really interesting.
0: What's the, launch of the, what's the launch date for the book?
1: Well, right now I'm going to get my book for the first time at the end, at, at the end of this month. So I'm going to read it for the first time. Most likely, I want to do it right. So on my 50th birthday of next year, March 17th, I'm going to. That's going to be my latest date to do. I'm going to turn 50, so. Okay. That's what I'm. Yeah. So, but most okay. likely, you know, books are. You got to do it at the right time, and I like to do things right.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah. So I'm really excited about it. You said rebranding. Now, right now, people can find you, um, I mean, they can find you on LinkedIn, right? They can just go to LinkedIn and put in put in Michael W. Green, or they can go to your website, mweldongreen.com, right? Is that the best?
1: Right. So I appreciate you bringing
0: that up.
1: Um, two things have changed. One, um, since you and I last talked, I got my master coach certification with the ICF. I saw, yeah. So I'm very proud of that. I'm grateful. I couldn't have done it without my lovely wife and her support and uh-huh. my kids, um, understanding, which I'm grateful for. And now you can find me on LinkedIn as Michael W. Green MCC, Master Coach Certified. Uh, that's then, what
0: that means. That's what the MCC means. Okay, great. <laughs> gotcha. The new brand,
1: the website goes live July 1st uh, called Mike Green Leadership. It's just plain and simple. Keep okay. Mike Green Leadership. M Well and Green is no longer the, it's a legacy. It was very well worth it. It's part of the journey. It's part of the, the process of learning and developing. So MikeGreenLeadership.com July 1st. I believe this will go live after July 1st and we'll be fine.
0: Okay, great. Uh matter of fact, I'll make a I'll make a note of that. Um l- let me ask you. So if if we let's say, does a company hire you to come in and coach and develop? executives or do individual ceos hire you to take them on a solo journey to find themselves or both
1: yes both
0: yeah both what
1: happens is um companies hire me and then somebody finds out like an outdoor enthusiast like that andrew smith that you had on that guy kind of guy i want to work with he's like talking about making memories in the outdoors right (laughs) Mr. Kellogg, too, you know, the individual Mr. Yes. Kellogg spoke to, he's on yep. it. Paul Foley, those guys and gals, I mean, this Sissler, um, one of my yep. best clients' last name is Sissler. He, he runs uh, American Gains uh, Protein Powder. And I was like, gotcha. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're in relatives or something. Maybe. But guys, yeah, because Sissler's an interesting name. Um, yep. um, so clients usually hire me to work both ways. It works, it works both ways. And the clients I've brought to Alaska in the last honestly I've been working with clients literally 20 years whether it be first starting on the hunting aspect and now it's morphed into doing what I want to do and I think of sea kayaking, world class fly fishing and salmon fishing. I mean I just took a client the other, uh, not last year because of COVID but the year before and then the man had tears in his eyes every day. He caught a Dolly Varden, and he was just so in love, car <laughs> his dreams and in in watching the trout grab a hold of that but um i do that i do a lot of backcountry um adventures as well okay so we could i fly people out in a helicopter we get dropped off at a cabin and then we just hike back in or we do hit a bunch of peaks and then we um, get helicopter back in i work with groups as well i have this the uh facilities for groups um up to i mean large large groups
0: let me ask you this. Let's say, uh, use an example, me and Scott, uh, my, my co-founder here at Recruiting from Rider Flex, let's say me and Scott want to go on, on a journey to Alaska for whatever, I don't know, moose hunting. Um, and we've never been, and we want Mike to take us. What what el- Besides you giving us a wonderful journey and experience, because we've never mm-hmm. been to Alaska, never hunted moose, and we learned how to do it, we learned how to we get one we learn how to clean it whatever besides that is it you know is it um during the day or at night around the campfire is is that when the coaching and the training and the conversations come in Mm -hmm. that are targeted at specific things we agreed on ahead of time like hey i i want to be a better leader or i want to you know whatever my goals are do you do you uh, orchestrate it so that it's targeted at certain things that we talk about during during the journey? How does that work?
1: Great question. So we'll, we'll start off with keeping it simple because um, moose hunting is a logistical experience and it's another animal in itself, yeah. literally. Yeah, right. um, what happens is normally I will be working with you prior to you okay. coming to Alaska, So we've already had that report. We've already been working on um, what's important to you. And much like a lot of my clients, males and females, by the way, um, they, they want to do something for themselves for the first time in a very long time. And okay. they want to get away and detach and recharge and understand, um, just get stripped away of all the other stuff. And, and I'm not saying the stuff is negative. I'm just saying the stuff. They want to get back to their core. I had a client that just said to me one day, he said, Mike, I am done doing things. I haven't done anything for myself in 14 years. This is time mm-hmm. for me to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'll just say this in a blanket way. Normally, when they, co- I've been coaching them up to that point, they're coming there to find out one question they want answered. And what's one question that if you could get answered that you talk to yourself with or that said, what's that one answer, one question you want answered? We'll work towards that. I Mm -hmm. guarantee you on day, usually day two out in the bush, they're looking at their phones and they're trying to get service and they always get nervous. And once once they get away from this phone and they really learn that they're out there, lots of things come back Mm -hmm. to talk to you. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time for, I, I do develop, to answer your question, I do put in time where they're out by themselves for a period of time. Mm-hmm. um whether it be on top of the peak whether i specifically say that uh, we're going to be on top of this peak and we're going to get weather stressed because the weather's coming in we're not going down for a while and we have conversations about what did you learn about yourself today that you didn't know earlier and how can you apply it to what's going on they journal they, you know they have a journal that they work on every night there's a journal time i see um, yep yeah. and then also we do a lot of um we do a lot of identification of sounds um things that they normally wouldn't see or they do see but be more aware i do a lot of awareness what do you okay. hear right now? what do you see and what does that tell you which way is the wind blowing and then i morph that into how does this apply to your life and that's just a big blanket question around a campfire mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. a lot of serious stuff happens i mean all, are there all, lots of stuff are, are there uh is whiskey and cannabis and mushrooms do we get to do that around the campfire what what what's involved
1: <laughs> I'm for whatever the person needs within the reason you know, it's not like we're going to be lord of the lord of the flies around a campfire <laughs> but i well, have people do that before um uh, so I'm just, uh, uh Prince a free place to shroom it's awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> Matter of fact, the first time I ever did was in the Prince William Sound. Uh, um, is that
0: right? Okay.
1: Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah go in life. Nice. Yeah, the good things. Usually oh. if the whiskey comes out and those other things come out, I usually um, draw a line or there's was a line. There was a, we speak about what's about to take place mm-hmm. and that um, it's up to you to take the value from it. I'm uh, gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say that there's no value in it having a couple good, good swigs of scotch and a fine cigar that I have sent to me from Nicaragua for my great friends. Or I'm not saying that there's nothing that can enhance your experience like psychedelics. That's for you to decide. I'm going I to see. support you. And number one, keep you physically and emotionally safe.
0: Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, I don't want to die on one of the journeys, but I do want to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you prefer, do yeah. you prefer to do you prefer to do coaching outside on journeys or I'm sure you do, right? Like doing coaching sessions in a conference room in a big building in a city, like that's probably not your favorite. I'm just guessing.
1: Um, I I appreciate all of it and there's a place for it all. Um, My goal is to have somebody get excited about going someplace that they've always wanted to go and not think about anything. Like Mm. literally if you and Scott arrived, Mm -hmm. you can think about logistics or anything until from the time i pick you up to the time i drop you back off the airport you literally don't worry about anything other than just experience everything literally that's it um yeah but i do do, i like doing virtual coaching as well no problems with that um i do a lot of virtual coaching now here in the middle east um and that's really a game changer because their culture is not their culture is all about face-to-face I spent 25 minutes ahead of time just talking about their family. They, yep. they are a face-to-face culture. This is a huge switch for them.
0: Is, it, know- is, the, is the majority of your stuff, um, I want to find myself, or I'm having conflict at work with, with people, or I want to be a better leader. Like wh- what is the majority um, topic or topic? of the of the sessions most of the time when people call like yeah, what are they telling you I, I just want to be a better leader or I'm super stressed or uh, I got emotional issues w- what's the main uh I'm trying to think of the right word what's the main topic that you're usually focused on I find all of those um
1: a lot of, what's one thing that's really interesting is that everyone knows that uh what got them where they are today won't get them where they need to go and that they okay. need, need somebody they can confide in, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't mm-hmm. keep bring it home to their spouse. They can't mm-hmm. keep bringing it to a, a board member. They, they, they know they need to work it out themselves. Okay. That's the number, fundamental number one. Number two is that they wanna learn how to do this self-regulate themselves or coach themselves. And that's how I coach people. I coach people in engagements of six months minimum, nine months, uh, I like nine months is a sweet spot, but a lot of my clients, I have clients that have been with me a long, long time. Not because they're codependent, but because they just, when I say I still have these clients, they call me just for you know um, touch up work, if you will. You know. Okay. So they have a. I get a lot of young people, and I say young, I'm saying, 35 to 45. That are I'm 49, but they they find themselves new managers, and they're like, wait a minute, I've been successful. I've done this myself, but now you want me to manage these people?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have no idea. And that's why I help them find the truth. And that's what I hope they get from the book is that when they read the book that your leadership truth is in, within you, but you're not gonna find it by not leaving the known. you got to step into the unknown, much like a Joseph Campbell hero's journey. And I support you on that. What are your truths? Because once you know your truths, then all a lot of a lot of decisions are made for you or helped you make your decisions.
0: You know, there's a lot of co- there's a lot of coaches, right? If I if I go on LinkedIn and I put in like you know a leadership coach or whatever, a personal coach. I mean, they're just all over the place. There's you know I don't know one hundred thousand or a million of them. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest difference? with, with Mike green, what, 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 but I get the, the unique part is the outdoor stuff and maybe what else, how would you describe yourself as being different than all the rest of those coaches beyond just the outdoor journeys?
1: Great, great question. I'm grateful for all the other coaches out there. Um, What differentiates me from everyone else is that I've taken the long journey through life to understand the human experience. Mm. Um, and I've put myself out there in many, many different ways. Uh, and when we coach people, I think I think one thing all coaches can agree that we support people doing something that either scares them or they're un- going into the unknown. Mm. Uh, I've done that a bunch of times for myself and in different environments, much like they've been in. So it doesn't matter if it's a CEO in a C-suite or if it's somebody, uh, um, or somebody new in a new startup, I've supported someone like them. And also, another differentiator is I really don't even like saying it, but getting a master coach certification is no easy task. I have over okay. 11,000 hours, but I've had a document just to be able to do it. So I do have the structure of a, of a coaching conversation that is deemed you know, worthy of the International Coach Federation. But overall, I'm the kind of individual that has, as I said, walked a long journey and can support everyone.
0: It's interesting you bring that up. So I always kind of laugh, like, I mean, no offense to some of the listeners, but I, you know, if I see like a 28 year old on LinkedIn that like never has even been a manager of people and, you know, it says leadership coach and I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) <laughs> like you don't even have any experiences in life well what are you gonna, what are you coaching what are you teaching people i always laugh at that you know
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they put that in there for themselves hopefully they grow into it and i'm not saying that they um but i think when when you read the book you'll see that i've i've led men and women a very very diverse group of people on the ice in antarctica to unload C C1, one C seventeens and load up C 130s to send it to the South Pole. And mm. so in, in very in, in very intense environments, or I've been a coal miner on the western slope over there in Peonia and led men there in the safety aspect, or in Iraq leading Iraqi men, you know, or all these different areas that you and I have sat and talked before. We have great conversations about life. And that's right. what it really comes down to, right? Yes. It's about life yes. right work balance and how am I getting value out of my days so that I can show up the best woman, man, father, husband, daughter, wife, anybody. How do you be the best you can? And most importantly, how do you teach yourself
0: to do to do it so it's sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know? That's good, Mike. You know, I, I love, personally, I can, I can relate to and vouch for going into the wilderness or the mountains and disconnecting from your phone and turning everything off. It is so refreshing. I, I always come back from the Colorado mountains or the Wyoming mountains, mm-hmm. super energized, super refreshed. Probably several new ideas that I thought of, right? Because your mind actually has a chance to think about Mm -hmm. things and be be creative besides just looking at your phone. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I am a huge fan of it. Um, I think it would be even more beneficial if I was doing it with somebody like you uh, that can coach me and teach me and get me to open my mind even more. So I definitely see the value. Uh, I get it. Um, and, I, and I see how beneficial it could be. So yeah, I would love to go on uh, one of those trips. I gotta come up to Alaska and have yeah. you take, take me on a three or four day journey where there are no cell phones, right. and we can we just, can you know we can, we can talk about things. The other thing I was gonna mention is, I'm sure you've seen this a thousand times, right? CEOs especially, not that other executives and people don't need the same thing, but CEOs or business owners specifically, the amount of stress involved uh, of owning or starting a business, small to midsize, especially, or being a CEO, if people haven't done it, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never been a CEO, you've never owned a business, you just really, you just don't understand the amount of stress. And it's hard for me to express it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the listeners and, you know, they hear that all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that being a CEO is stressful or being a, being a business owner is stressful. No, it is, man. It's super stressful and super hard. And, and I think it's so beneficial for those personalities to get away with somebody like you. It's just mentally and physically healthy to, to be able to talk to you confidentially around the campfire. I mean, that's huge. CEOs can't tell their employees everything. They just can't. And 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 their partners or spouses, you can talk to them and they comfort you a little bit, but they still don't quite get it most of the time. Right. Uh, So so anyway, I'm just ranting. But I my point was, you know, my overall point is. I know that it's super beneficial for owners, CEOs uh, to, to, to visit with you and go on those journeys. I'm sure it is. Yeah,
1: I took a client, um, a big, um, a nice client from uh, Chevron down to uh, New Zealand for a big hunt down there and a hunting and fishing trip. And they were just blown away. And they said, this is taking five years of stress off my life in the full <laughs> day, you know, just living that life. And not only that, but yes, we're doing activities that are great, but then we just have those snippets, those five-second conversation, fifteen-second conversation. Like, so what is this teaching you, right? Or so, mm-hmm. so we come back to that time. I go, you know, I'm not going to say its name. I'll say, Tom. You know, Tom, when we were down there, when we were in that blind, and we had to wait and wait, and they finally happened. And we didn't rush. What, what's the lesson there? Is this one of those situations that we're currently in? And they say they go back and they go. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm not the one who's right. You're the one right, because you acknowledged it. I'm just asking,
0: you know, I am not.
1: I don't know it all. I'm not saying I do know it all, but I know great questions to support people.
0: You know, one of the things that teaches me every time I go out in the wild is you really like, we really don't have to have all the material things that, that, that we think make us happy. I mean, if you go out into the wilderness for six or seven days, you realize really quickly that food, Water and shelter to keep from being cold. I mean, if you have that, like really, like you just really don't have to have a lot of other things. The other things are comfortable and nice, but but at the end of the day, I always tell people this. I always say, look, if you have food, water, shelter, and love, if you got those, everything else is gravy.
1: (laughs) That's right. right. We do a lot. Yeah, we do a lot with that with the tarp and stuff. My boys, in fact, I just ordered two tarps for my boys from Bear Paw up there in, uh, up there in um, Fort Collins. He makes great tarps, outdoor tarps. Cool. I just ordered each one for my boys. I'm going to teach them about that, you know, the importance of doing it right, you know, and setting mm. up the tarp because that's part Good. of setting the table for your big board meetings. you got to get things right. you got to get it. There. Yeah. So there's a, it's, a, it's part of camp craft, right? Your camp craft, you have a certain way that you set up your camp yes reason it works for you yes and yes you know for what reason you do it and it works for you okay so how can we apply that same thinking towards when you go into something that's mm. kind of unknown so let's go to something that you know so if you get When you set up your camp why do you do it okay great now how can we apply this to this mm. scenario
0: here? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. that's good stuff good stuff mike okay so so I know we're almost out of time. I want to ask you a couple of last minute questions here. but but like you said, one more time, your new website is is going to be mikegreenleadership.com. you said That's correct. Right. okay 1st. July 1st. okay, so I want to make sure listeners get that. and we'll we'll launch this after July 1st so that people can uh, can uh, see the episode and then make sure they get to your website. Um, now if now if you get clients from the Ryder Flex podcast, Every time you get one of those, that applies to my fund that's going to pay for my trip to Alaska. I just want to clarify. <laughs> you, and Scott. you
1: and Scott, right?
0: <laughs> I just mess it around. A um, couple of uh, questions here to wrap up. The table is round, by the way. Table is round. Okay. <laughs> if you had to, if you could call, Uh, The uh, young man coming out of Western New York, you know, when he was 18, 19, knowing what you know now, what would you tell him if you could call him? Oh, wow. Um, That's a good question.
1: I tell him he'd be okay. You do all right. It's going to be all right. i would tell him to step into it.
0: Faster, yeah, well, so, sooner, sooner than you did fast step into it harder than you did. Maybe no, I, no, I would tell him
1: honestly to slow down. To oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Good question, man. Wow,
1: well, well,
0: yeah. Slow would, down just to t- slow to down and it. slow, slow down and enjoy the ride a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it is, a, it is, it is a journey, isn't it? Right. I mean, you ever do you ever i'm sure you think about this mike we could speaking of speaking of psychedelics and the campfire we could really get into a big conversation about this blue ball and this and this black space we're floating around on and and uh what what, what happens after that's a that's a different podcast isn't it that's a different episode <laughs> del jolly <laughs> yeah you know, we'll get del jolly and we'll sit around and you know talk about that what, what what's you know what's beyond the black space i always I always think about that when I'm out camping or I look up in the sky. I'm always thinking to myself, are we ever gonna find out what's beyond the black space? I don't know. Anyway, that's a different episode. Last question. Uh, if uh, if you could put your core purpose in life right now at this stage, at this age, if you could define your core purpose in a sentence, professionally, your core purpose. So let's set, let's set family aside for a second. If you could define your core purpose into one sentence, what would that sound like? Just
1: to serve people to be a sustainable, better, better self. Then yeah, I would think so. To be in service of to be in service of others, so that they can be a, a sustainable, better version of themselves continuously.
0: Mm. Uh, Ooh, ooh, I like that. You almost got it right. That's, that's good. That's good. You haven't got that. You got to put that in the book. You have to put that in the book.
1: <laughs> yes. Steve Thank you for bringing this up.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't wait for the, yeah, the book to get out. By the way, one more thing before, you know, on some of these journeys, maybe you could, uh, on some of these trips, wouldn't it be great if you could get some footage, right? If you could get some footage, you could get your clients to, to yeah. okay, to okay, some of it being recorded. Then you could drop it on a little YouTube channel. That would be. That's part of my work
1: for next week. Um, I actually do have a lot of footage. And you're gonna, when you go to my website, uh, you'll have to watch a video first to be able. Uh, okay. to time to be able to see it. And there's a okay. lot of footage on there of several of my clients. Um, oh, good, good. On high on top of mountains before you got um, alt- altitude stress,
0: being so high up, looking down, going, "We gotta go down there. This is not." No, I <laughs> uh, You could be like that. Who's that? Who's the guy that hosts that show meat eaters? Uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Steve, Steve Rennell or whatever. What I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You could be, you could be like him and have all this footage and uh, I think that'd be cool. I'd like to see, I'd like to see uh, some of that, but anyway, um, congratulations on everything, Mike, uh, you know, you, you know, I know you personally, so I already know you're a great guy individually just as a human being. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm proud of the business that you've built here. Congratulations on the certification. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to continue to kick ass. You're going to have fortune 500 CEOs flying up to Alaska and you're going to be carting them around. Wouldn't that be great if you get the super cocky, uh, uh, big time CEO that, that thinks he's all that or whatever. And you get him out to the wilderness and he's like crying over in the tent and you're having to console him. <laughs>
1: Uh, I can't, with all my con- my experiences with clients are confidential.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for being on the RiderFlex podcast, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's been a joy. I'm grateful to finally spend time with you.